All right. Welcome to episode 20 of That's Not What Andrea Told Me. I'm Andrea. And I'm Casey. This week, we are continuing our New Year Who Dis theme (laughs) with an episode about exercise. We'll focus first on running, which is something as a family we have all done. Personally, I discovered running around age one. Andrea has been running even longer. (laughs) It's probably about nine months. That's right. (laughs) That's right. If you ask our parents, I'm a prodigy. (laughs) Or I was. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. You really peaked around age two. I think that that's the general family consensus. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you thinking that you discovered running around age one because you were trying to escape my love and adoration? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, if we're being honest, I probably didn't actually start walking until what much later than that. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think it was after one. Yeah. Yeah. And and, yeah, I think we've talked about this a little bit that like Thea is a little Casey and like she is, and you were just so smalls that you just get so easy to pick you up and carry you around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But she learned to walk at a normal time. I think I was like, where are my minions? Yeah. Someone carry me. That's right. You would have done really well as an Egyptian empress. Yes, I would have. With what are those things called where people carry you? Yeah, litters. Elite litter. Okay. No. Yep. You would be great on this. Gosh, I would. <laughs> yeah. So we've just always been a fairly active family. Our mom taught aerobics since the dawn of time. Is that right? She like came up with Definitely. Jane Fonda. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, that'll make her mad for us to say. <laughs> Our mom is so young. She is younger so young. than Jane Fonda. Really, but so are most people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mom got into aerobics and she was an aerobics instructor. And it was fun because the gym that she taught at, it was called President and First Lady. And then it was called Bally's. And they, I think probably most gyms do this, but there were all these exercise fads in the eighties and nineties. So mom would have to go to these workshops and learn about them. And yeah. a lot of times we would go with her when we were too young for child or you know, too young to stay home alone. And a lot of times we'd go into the kid room, but sometimes she'd let us go up into the workout room with her. And then once we were older and too old for the workout room, but I was a little jerk, <laughs> she would force us to go with her because I was grounded and, or she didn't want to leave me alone, but we got to sit through a lot of cool eighties and nineties workout fads, like the slide. slide, Do you remember that? You would put these little booties over your tennis shoes and get on this, what, maybe a three foot long. It was kind of like a yoga mat. But, it was, yeah, I guess so. But, but not the same texture, right? Because the point was for you to slide and work out. Of course there was step, which I think step is still a thing. Yeah. And I still love step. Yeah. Step classes were awesome. Yeah. And I remember in the eighties, it was called high low. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. Which was like weights basically. No, it was like cardio, but it was both high and low intensity. Huh? I don't remember there being weights. There were. Okay, mom, fact check yeah. us, please. Let's, let's get Cletus <laughs> Corrections Corner going. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we have an idea for an episode to kick off season two coming around April, wherein our mom just tells us all the things we got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look Lovingly. forward to that. So, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
with, with a kiss, she says it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember when mom got into running. I just remember her getting into running. It was definitely in the 90s. Yeah. And she made some really good friends from her running group, which was cool. That ultimately is the same path I embarked upon. And she got us both into it, but it took her probably 20 years. No, maybe 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. And so we both got into it as she was on her way out due to various injuries. So she, when I was, well, oh shoot, I shouldn't have said that because now I got to do math. Uh, (laughs) I would have been 20 in... 2003. So I'd have been 24. And I was back living in Houston. And there was this race put on in New York City by Moore Magazine, which is or was, I'm not sure if it's still in publication, a magazine for women over 40. The race, it was a partner race. And so you had to be at least 40 to run the race, unless you had a partner who was 40. So mom and I were able to partner together and run the race. And so the race was March 25th, 2007. Mom said, if you will train for a half marathon, I will take you to New York for your birthday, which my birthday is March 29th. And I said, deal. So (laughs) we did it. And it was Um, a lot of fun. And because it was a partner race, was it like you ran and then you, your partner went, ran no, or you got to no, run you, together? You ran together. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So, and I just remember that first race and I'm sure anybody who is a runner that listens to this will remember this. If you've ever done a race that like your very first time you think, oh my God, I'm going to be the last person. I just remember that such deep seated fear because I've never been a fast runner. Even when I was in my best shape, I wasn't a fast runner. Yeah. It was so funny. We did an Airbnb. And it was a, like a third story walk up. And so it was great when we got there, but walking up three flights of stairs post race. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I think it took me 10 minutes to get up the flight flight of stairs. But I remember I had had a little bit of knee issues in the, in training. And so it ended up being a slower race than we were planning. But I also remember we got with this group that was a walk run group. And so we were on pace, I think for probably a three hour or something like that or maybe two, two forty-five, And there was a girl in our group who ran the race with a little Louis Vuitton clutch. What? Yeah. Why? And I, I mean, I think like a lot of people will wear like a fanny pack or a spy yeah. belt or a flip belt or whatever. So I guess she just didn't know about the existence of those things. And she just ran with her purse. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's some commitment. I mean, she did it. She finished, but can yeah. you imagine? <laughs> no, that sounds horrible. Yeah. So after that, I got the bug. I joined the same running club that mom had been a part of in her heyday. And I remained a member of that club up until probably 2014 or so, 2013, 2014. And then I left and started my own little group because that group really got geared towards faster runners. Mm -hmm. And by that point I was a coach. So I started out as a coach for actually, yeah, I guess I, at the whole time I was a coach for the five hour marathon. And so that's the slowest marathon pace that that group had. I mean, it's typically people can run it in as many as six hours. And what started to happen is on our longer runs, when we would need multiple aid stations, they would pick up that first aid station and move it before we were there because the faster runners were going to need it at the later point. 
And it just, my group was so upset about that. And finally we were like, we don't need this, you know? So I trained with them for multiple halves. And then the two full marathons that I did, I trained with that group. And then after that second full marathon, well, so after the first one, I said, this was miserable and I hate it, but I guess I'll try one more time just to see. So I did the second one. I was like, oh yeah, no, it was definitely the marathon, not me. So, (laughs) so I broke up with it but continue to do uh, half marathons. And we were talking just before this, and that last count, I have done around 30 half marathons. I think I got to 31 or 32 before the pandemic hit. And then I've just really kind of gotten out of running. Yeah. Um, and I think, frankly, I might be to the point where like, I might be done. I can't decide. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I can't decide. I go back and forth, you know, I'll, I'll go for a run with Beth and who was the first friend I made here in Montevallo. And I'll be like, oh yeah, okay, I can do it. And then I'll start remembering the amount of time and dedication that training for even a half takes. And I'll think I don't have the brain space for that right now. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, because I am not running and really physically can't right now, I miss it a lot, even though who knows if I'll actually get back into it. Yeah. Interesting. So tell me, was your first race, the Fort Worth Cowtown? Yes. Well, okay. kind of. So you, if you hearken way back, I did a lot of 5Ks oh. as a wee one. Oh, that's right. We, we all did, right? We would do like the pumpkin run, no pumpkin dash. Yeah. And bell then, run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I always did a lot of those. And then okay. I ran track and cross country in That's middle right. school and high school. I didn't want to do cross country. I hated it very much, but they would force us to do it. Not force, let's be real, but we were highly encouraged. And I remember even then like running, I think it was 5Ks. I was like, oh, this is so hard, which I mean, it is when it you're is. not used to it. But yes, yeah, so in terms of my first real race, it was the Cowtown uh, that we all did together. We think it was in around 2008. Yeah. I was in college I don't know why we decided like, let's do this all together. Yeah. I don't remember either. I, I think mom had run it before. Yeah. Um, of course, That's our right. grandparents. And she really yeah, liked the course. Like the course. Our grandparents lived there. Mm-hmm. So we were able to double it with a visit. But yeah. But so what happened though, is there was a very unexpected cold front yep. that blew through. <laughs> and it was approximately 150,000 mile winds. Yeah. And like 20 degrees for to it, start for. Yeah. And with a downhill. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Running into this cold head. Oh, gosh, it was so cold and windy, but yeah. But tell the favorite, our favorite uh, story from this race. Was it about how I didn't train? <laughs> oh, well, there is that. Uh, but also about shedding clothes. The. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if you're a like real runner person, I guess you have this stockpile of clothes you don't care about. Yeah. And so on races like this, where it starts cold, but it warms up, you just throw your clothes so that you're not carrying a jacket or trying to tie it around your waist or whatever. You just like toss it to the side. Well, first of all, I didn't pack for that. So I was wearing shorts Mm -hmm. at the beginning anyway. Uh, We all Um, were actually, because I, my picture is framed in my office (laughs) and mom and I are both in shorts. And I just, that's when I discovered I am not a person who can just throw my running clothes because all exercise clothes are expensive. And I think this was really before you could get nice kind of workout clothes 
at a better price point. And also I like my stuff. <laughs> so I refused uh, to, to throw my stuff. Yeah. I was very stressed out about it. I think I did eventually give my jacket or whatever it was I was wearing yeah. just to one of our spectator friends, yeah. probably Dan. But, but I will he, say a lot of cities do collect that stuff and donate yes. to the homeless population. I know they do that. And yeah. I, I appreciate that, but I can't handle it. Sure. From, for myself, but you're right. And so, yeah, typically a lot of races will give out inexpensive gloves. So that's like the easiest thing to shed. And then same thing with like hats or ear, you know, ear protectors. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you'll see a lot of people with just an inexpensive long sleeve shirt from Walmart. Right. And like, that's the thing that they have on. And then, you know, under it is their better tech gear, but yeah. But yeah, also Casey didn't train. Yeah. I, so I was in college. I mean, I, I did run, yeah. but the college that I went to was very hilly. So I discovered that I didn't like running around the campus. Yeah. So I would go to the gym and I would run on the treadmill and it would cut me off at five miles. So I would either have to restart or just stop. Yeah. And that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> So I will say, I think I was decently consistent yeah. running five-ish miles, Yeah, but that was certainly not sufficient. I have never been so sore <laughs> in my whole life. Yeah. It was so bad. Also, I remember at the end, they gave you little beers. Yeah. And Miller Lite has never tasted so good. <laughs> uh, I think my body was like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and maybe because I didn't train did not get the bug for right. many years. Yeah. When did you run your next race? Do you remember? It would have been after college. <laughs> was it that uh, triathlon? No, I think I had done some other half marathons before I did that triathlon. I've done far fewer yeah. half marathons than you. I, I don't even think I could ballpark it like maybe 15. And a lot of those were marathon training, half marathons, mm, but right. they were ones you had to sign up for. Right. Um, so they were like timed and everything, but, and then there um, was the time I tricked you into 10 miles, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah. So when I first moved here, I, there's a cool thing called the Birmingham track club race series, and there's four races throughout the year. The first race is uh, in January. It's called Adam's heart and you can run either a 10 K or 10 miles. The second run is called a statue to statue and it's a 15 K. So like 9.6 miles. Then the fourth one is on July 4th. It's called a Peavine and it's eight, eight and a half or nine. The final race is Vulcan, which is a landmark here in Birmingham. And it's a, it's a 10 K. And Casey happens to be coming to town for a wedding the weekend of statue to statue. So I was like, Hey, sign up for this race with me. And because she loves me and trusts me, she did. And she went to pick up her packet and Russell is the one who noticed the 15 K and he was like, Casey, how long is this race? And you were like, I don't know, like five K or 10 K. And Russell's like, I don't think so. And you <laughs> called me and you're like, we are running nine miles. <laughs> but we did it. And, and that course, man, Ooh. Ooh. It's a doozy. It's yeah. a doozy even when you are perfectly trained. Yeah. It's so I mean, hilly. Yeah. That one hill. It's laughable. Like, come on. Laughable. Is it, is that even is that is it man-made? Who did that? I think it's gotta be like Willy Wonka's <laughs> play factory hill. 
<laughs> but yeah, that was oh, a lot man. of fun. I think I had blocked that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you have a cool shirt. <laughs> yeah. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention our dear friend, Chris Lalos here, because he is the one who got our butts in gear to start a podcast. I met him through our running community and he and I have run a number of races together. He's significantly faster than me, but we have gone to races together and then um, (laughs) he's left me, but it's, that's always been a lot of fun. He has Turkey trotted with us. That's right. I think he trots alongside. He does. He will trot alongside. Yes, absolutely. If it's a fun race, he will happily trot alongside. Yeah. But that's the fun thing about Chris, because you can with him be like, do you want to run six miles tomorrow? He's like, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Where do I sign up? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's a pretty fast runner. Yeah. And it's rare that you find a fast runner who is willing to not be fast. Right. So, yeah. Which I get. If I was fast, I think I'd want to finish fast all the time. Yeah. I'll tell you the other thing that I read. Sorry. That's it. I'm slow. Okay. We're slow. It's all right. I'll tell you the thing that I have regularly said to Beth is it's not only uncommon to find a fast runner who is willing to be slow. It's uncommon to find a fast runner who isn't like being slow hurts my body. I physically can't do mm -hmm. it, you know? And Beth is like that. Beth is the most versatile runner I have ever met in my life. Like she can run a 14 minute mile. She can run a 10 minute mile. Like in terms of like consistency, like she typically paces 245, but she could probably, she could run a 230 yeah. half, but yeah, she's just so versatile. It's amazing. Cause so. she's a leggy probably. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, so running I is think- fun. If you're thinking about getting into running this new year, we will happily provide the advice and expertise that we know. I know a lot about training and making training schedules. I still have training schedules that I've made because that was one of my jobs as a coach. So I have a lot of those and I, I have a lot of advice and opinions about nutrition and hydration and yes. clothing and mm-hmm. all of that. <laughs> Everyone's going to be shocked that we have opinions. I know it's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. We also, so- do we want to briefly mention what we feel like is the importance of runner's etiquette. Oh, yes, absolutely. We do. You want me to do it? Or are you going to do it? Yeah. I want you to do it. All right. So there's a couple of things really, right? So first and foremost, it's important to remember that we are Americans. We drive on the right. right? <laughs> so ergo, ergo, you should run on the right. Right. And so that can be very frustrating if you're ever out. And this is not even just running. This is walking too in any kind of a public space that is a shared space where you would like to not run somebody off the road. Right. So as Americans, we walk or run on the right and we pass on the left, just like with driving rules. And the nice thing to do if you're passing someone is to say on your left, right? Because most people don't have eyes in the back of their head and they don't totally know that you're right behind them. And so Mm. it just helps them to know and prepare. The same goes for biking. If you are biking behind runners, let them know you're about to pass them. I hate that when somebody Mm -hmm. like whizzes past me or, you know, yells, you you don't have to do that. Just say on your left, not a big deal. Um, That's the first big thing, big rule. The second big rule is you should always know your pace. As I mentioned, I think a lot of runners are afraid of being the last runner in the world, but you're probably not going to be. And even if you are, it's okay. The police actually will be the ones right behind you, but 
you should always line up with your pace group because if you line up with a group that is faster than you, like say you're planning on walking, but you line up with people who are going to run in the starting corral, which is pretty tight, right? It can be very hard for a runner to start running their race if they're having to run slower behind you or walk behind you. And similarly, if you're going to stop and walk, you should scoot over to the side, look around you. So it's like kind of just general, like be nice and be aware of other people rules that people just don't think of. Yeah. But yeah, those are, those are kind of the big ones and partially why I think running smaller races are better. And that's actually why I quit running five Ks because, which is amazing that so many inexperienced runners run them. But what happens is if you're an experienced runner, it could just be a little frustrating because people Mm -hmm. don't know how to abide by all of those those rules. Yeah. Is there one I missed? I feel like there are others, Yeah, but I can't remember. Now the driving rules though apply on trails and race times, uh-huh. but if you are running on streets, that is you actually need to run the other way. And that is really for your own safety. Yes. Right. Um, And that's different, right? I'm talking about when you're like, there's lots of people together, right? Yeah. When you are running by yourself or walking by yourself in the road, you should always walk into traffic because there's, then you will see the car before they see you or when they see you mm -hmm. and you can move. Otherwise if they're behind you, you may not see them to move. Don't walk literally into traffic. Do not, but do that. (laughs) But yeah, I, I am a, I'm a big street walker. I sure love yeah. to walk in the street. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That will conclude our section on running, but highly encourage it. It's such an easy foray into the world of exercise Activity. and you can, yeah, you can do it in any way you want. You can be a person who walk runs. You can be a person who just runs. You can be a person who just walks. Mm-hmm. You could be a jogger. Yes. Yeah. And which really is probably like, I am, I'm a, I'm a jogger. I'm yeah. not a runner. I mean, yeah. I think in general, we all just say runner now. I, I think that like jogging sort of was like an 80s thing. Yeah. You know, but probably most of us jog. Yeah. Like most of us real people, you know? Yeah. Right. Like Ambie Burfoot. Sure. He was running, but <laughs> we're, Yeah. But yeah, it is. And it's relatively inexpensive too. Oh, I guess we should also say both of us are big advocates of running outdoors, mm-hmm. treadmill running. I think a lot of people, they'll like, they'll be used to doing a treadmill at the gym and they'll be like, I don't know how you run 13 you know, plus miles. I'm like, well, I don't on a treadmill. That sounds right. like hell. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of Milton's levels of hell was treadmill <laughs> running. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but running outdoors is just super cool. Also not Milton. Yes. No, Dante. Thank you. You're welcome. What's Milton? Our great grandfather. Yes, but also is, is he, he is he Milton Dante? <laughs> no, Milton isn't he the one who did the the hierarchy of needs? No, that's Maslow. Oh, all right. We're just <laughs> we're a mess. This wouldn't be a problem if we'd ever finished our book club with Chris Wallace. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Casey and Chris and I have been in a book club for five years now, and we're about oh, to start the Inferno. It's been like 11 years. Has it really been that long? <laughs> yes. Well, we're going to do it any minute now. Yep. It's coming. <laughs> and once we do, we're going to yeah. know a lot more than we do now. Look out. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, it, but anyways, yeah. Running outdoors is really cool. I feel like you seeing your town on foot is a pretty magical thing. I feel like you just notice things that you wouldn't notice otherwise. And I always found it very peaceful to, to spend my time out on the road. So we encourage it, but we also are into other things. So I guess a lot of this does get influenced by our mom, I guess. Like, yeah. We basically do what our mom says. Yeah. So our mom got into yoga at some point and got us into yoga. Well, she started teaching it. Is that how she got into it? Mm-hmm. I think she, she started through Bally's, I think. Right. And then was like, yeah. oh, I like this and got certified and all of that. Yeah. So our mom is a yoga teacher. If you're in San Antonio, hit her up, but talk about the best mother's day present we ever gave mom. <laughs> yeah. I actually was the one who started following this woman on Instagram but she was just a, a yogi based out of, I think, Florida. And she yeah. talked a lot about like slow progressions, right? Like if it's important to you to do inversions, like start here and work your way to this, whatever. Well, she traveled around and she did a handstand workshop, weekend long, like inversion workshop. And so I only went to one day of it, but Andrea and mom did a full weekend in Austin doing yoga, like what, like 10 hours a day of yoga, so much yoga, so much yoga. That was 2016. That was right before I moved here and mom loved it. I I would imagine she would say it was the best mother's day gift we ever gave her. I mean, and I like a yoga class here and there. Don't get me wrong. 20 hours of yoga in a weekend was that, that was 19 hours too much of yoga for me that weekend. (laughs) Well, and she also, didn't she kind of discourage you from like eating because like you can't go to lunch and then flip upside down. Exactly. Yeah. And (laughs) food is my favorite thing. Way, way ahead of yoga. Yeah. So, but it, but it was fun. It it was a good time and I'm glad we, I'm glad we did it. And mom is so good at handstands. I am not good at handstands. I don't like them. Being upside down makes me feel out of control and I don't like it, but mom's really Uh, good. Yeah, I, I do like it. Yeah. But the other thing is we do have, so here in Montevallo, I think it actually was the year I started or the following year, the university started what's called, it's called the Montevallo Yoga Festival or Moyo. And uh, the pandemic messed it up the last couple of years, but they did a, an abbreviated version in October. It's normally in May. And that is a lot of fun. I think mom, did mom come to one or did you come to one? Mom has definitely been to one. Yeah. I came to the other thing. Okay. And we just I, did. Uh, Venchi came to one. So anyways, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and it's a mix. Some of it's yoga. Some of it's like deep breathing meditation, but I've gotten to do some fun sound oh, yeah. circles or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yes, sound baths. <laughs> That's right. You were here for the abbreviated one in October. That's when you yeah. were here for Brendan's party and we did aerial yoga. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, that's a lot of fun. It's a whole day, but it's not all handstand workshops. (laughs) It's a nice variation and you don't have to go to everything, you know? So I really like that. I did through that a couple years ago, I did trap yoga, which is like to trap music. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. I did a, I did a gong and sound bath situation that was 35 minutes, which was 23 minutes too long for me. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so I think we both, we both enjoy yoga a lot. Now we try to go with mom anytime we can. Mm-hmm. I love going to her classes. 
yeah, her classes are, are really fun because one thing she does is, I mean, it kind of fits in right with not taking any exercise you're doing too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I think one of the things that could feel daunting to people about yoga yeah. is like, you got to go in and you have to basically speak Sanskrit yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> be able to really quickly move through poses, which is how some classes are, but she always will explain and modify yeah. And that's one of her big things is like, don't take it too seriously. Yeah. Uh, and that does make it much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I always like when we're driving to her classes, she'll be like, okay, what do you want to do today? I'm like, I want to do these poses. And so then yeah. I, I get the things I need to work on. <laughs> and then I'm like, I want to do 20 minutes of Shavasana. Of Shavasana. Yeah. Don't we, <laughs> we never get to do. Yeah. But yeah. And then I think also throughout our adulthood journeys, we've explored other types of things. Mm -hmm. While I was living in Houston and running a lot, I started going to a boot camp twice a week, which is a lot of fun. And that's kind of what I do now, kind of like a boot camp, Mm -hmm. crossfitty hit workout. So my friend, Beth, who is my running buddy, her husband, Mike is a trainer and has a gym. And last April, he started working out with a group of us here at Montevallo twice a week. And so we're still doing it. We're still going strong. And yeah. it's really great. He's, he's awesome. And it's just good to get the weights in that I won't otherwise do. Yeah. You know, like I want to be a person who's good about doing that, but yeah. I won't, I, I need to meet people to, to go to the gym. And then you've done like CrossFit kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Russell was pretty big into CrossFit uh, and Rackspace actually had a CrossFit gym. Mm. So we were able to do that for free at the time. I don't think I could have afforded a box. Yeah. They're very expensive. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. It gets kind of addicting, I guess, because you can really see your progress, Mm -hmm. not just in terms of how much weight you can lift or whatever, but your endurance, Mm -hmm. your ability to get through an exercise or a period of exercise. And it's a nice kind of community thing. You really encourage people. I, I did enjoy it, but much like I'm not good at pacing while I'm running, I am not good at like trying not to win the exercise, like, and not against other people. Right. It just, it's just against me. But so like, even if I'm didn't get enough sleep, so I need to go easy on the workout. It's like, I can't do it because Mm. it's like, you got to just go, go, go. Yeah. I'm real different from that. (laughs) Like I wasn't feeling great yesterday and I went to work out for the first time in a month. Yeah. And I was like, I'll do two fewer than he tells me to. <laughs> yeah. I remember some of the workouts we used to do well, like cross training for mm-hmm. track and stuff. And it was just like expected that you push yourself really hard. Yeah. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe. But before uh, that, I was a member of a gym mm-hmm. and I would do Zumba and like high, low kind of yeah. classes. And I love those group X classes. Uh-huh. I, do too. I just think they're so fun. Yeah. We have a Zumba class here on Montevallo's campus that pre pandemic, I was going to one day a week and yeah, I, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you got to go into those things and be like, doesn't matter what I look like. Nobody's oh, yeah. watching me. Just gotta right. remember that. <laughs> But yeah, those are a lot of fun. And then, yeah, then did you get into swimming when you started training for the triathlon? Yeah. So I've, yes. Okay. So I did a sprint triathlon many, many moons ago. So I was swimming 
to train for that just at a pool. And then Russell and I joined a triathlon training group. Oh, okay. And yeah, it turns out I just really suck at swimming. (laughs) But when I was pregnant with Leith, it just felt good to be in the water. So I would go and swim and I, I love doing backstroke because my biggest thing is I don't like my face in the water because I can't breathe. Right. Same here. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. So I would just go and backstroke for half an hour and call it good. And I really enjoyed that. So, yeah. So I am an award-winning swimmer from yes. our days at uh, Camp Arrowhead <laughs> for Girls. Camp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have an award-winning backstroke and side stroke. <laughs> I think I have uh, an award-winning dog paddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Definitely. When I was in grad school, so I was one of those people that I felt like when I started work, it was like, how does anybody have time for workouts? And it was like, all I had time to do was run when I needed to run. I didn't want the time and expense of a gym and anyways. And so when I started grad school, it was great because I felt like I had so much time given back to me because, you know, there wasn't, I didn't have to be somewhere eight to five. And so, and I, at that point I was still very much an early bird because I was used to getting up at five or six. And so I would get up at like five o'clock in the morning, drive to the gym and see, I went to UH for grad school, which has parking is really hard, but not at five 30 in the morning. (laughs) And I would get a good parking space and go to the gym. And they had a, um, like a boot campy kind of a hit class that I would take. And I would do that. And I was running. Then I was like, oh, we have like an Olympic trials pool at this gym. I'm going to start swimming. So on Fridays I started swimming and, but I'm not on Michael Phelps and get my face in the water. Like I'm right. I'm practicing the form on my backstroke and my side strokes and are getting my look forward and kicking my way You're down board. lane. Yeah. So, uh, so I really like that and I'm excited. So UM also has water aerobics and I've been wanting to go for a while, but the timing's a little funky, but Ramona is in swim lessons. And so Susan in water aerobics is at the same time as Ramona swim lessons. So Susan's doing water aerobics and she asked if I would do it with her. And I said, definitely when it's not 29 degrees. Yes. Speaking of other things our mom used to teach. Yeah. She did that at our, our townhouse. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I, I think I, I like getting in the water and just bobbing around and you know, doing stuff. And then for both of us, our love of hiking started with our Peru trip. But, but even before that, our stepmom, Mona, has always been, or not always, but especially in retirement, yeah, has been a really avid hiker. And now she's a very, very, very avid hiker. Mm-hmm. So she goes a lot of places and, and hikes a lot. So that's another thing we really enjoy doing. And it's fun to go. I think you've done this. I've done it where we, we drop a car off somewhere. Then dad drives us up and we hike to her car Yeah, and we pick up trash and do like trail maintenance and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cause she does a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Like a, it's like a Lone Star hiking club or something. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, she's done a ton of hikes, like a ton of domestic hikes. That would be a yeah. fun. Where did she just go this summer? Yellowstone? No, no. I'd have to ask her. I can't remember. TBD. Stand by for Mona's Corrections Corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does go a lot of cool places. Um, so I think in general, we love being outside. I will say my natural inclination is to sit on the couch. <laughs> That's what I love. I love sleeping. I love sitting on the couch. I love watching TV. But as it turns out, 
exercise is good for you. Exercise is good for you. You know what is not in any way natural for me is riding a bicycle. Interesting. Okay. Russell loves to joke that for me, it's not just like riding a bike. Okay. How funny. I I don't know. Well, I knew that you were having some problems recently, but I thought that that was because of the, the kids trailer. No. Okay. That just was really difficult. I mean, so I can physically ride a bike, Uh but a couple of things, I'm very wobbly if I take a hand off of the handlebars. Uh Uh-huh. So signaling is difficult. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I will turn the handlebars where I look. (laughs) So if I try to look to the side or behind me, that is where the bike will go. How funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to make out like I'm uh, a Lance Armstrong over here, but I can at least mostly stay straight. Yeah, no. And I used to ride my bike a ton with mom when she was running in the dark days. Well, and we were with, when we were kids with dad. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, and dad exactly. would ride your bikes to garage sales. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, maybe I had training wheels for a really long time. I'm not sure. I don't remember it being weird. Yeah. Like, I'll think you were 18 with training wheels. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I would get them now if they made them. <laughs> Yeah. That's a big thing around here. It is, this is a very bikeable community. I have the bike from when Santa brought us bikes in 2010, right. Or 2006 or something. It was, you were in college, right? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, probably 2006, 2007. And I didn't ride it much in Texas, but I was like, Oh, Hey, I'll ride it now here in Montevallo, but it is a mountain bike. I am interested in getting a road bike or a hybrid because Mm -hmm. I do think the fat tires make it a little bit of a pain, you know, I'm only doing road riding. I'm not going in the mountains, but, um, my thing though, is I love riding my bike to my office because it is all downhill. I think I pedal two times and I'm done, (laughs) but coming home, it's all uphill and I hate it. I hate it. I kind of psych myself out to where it makes me not, I'm like, I'd just rather walk. (laughs) I also don't bike a lot when it's cold because I'm like my ears and my hands. Yeah. So that's fair. Yeah. I mean, but I walk when it's cold, you know, so it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's different. Yeah, that's right. So I did want to ask. So once new baby comes, which is very soon, what are you thinking? Do you think you, at this point, you think you want to get back into running, maybe try to train for a half or a full? Yeah. But I guess I didn't tell my marathon stories. So I also Mm -hmm. have done two. My first one, I got injured at about mile nine. So I still finished, but it was really, really slow. And honestly, I'm not sure where that determination came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause it was a miserable day. Yep. It was raining. Yeah. It was cold. I was like, that was a fluke. I can't believe I got injured because I joined a running group and I trained. I didn't do that one incorrectly. Right. So then I ran a second one and it did go better. Didn't go great. Part of it was like off road running. Yeah. And so my feet got torn up. That was really yeah. annoying. I don't know why they were like, this gravel path seems like a really great place to send people. Some races are so weird. So there is a part of me that wants to do one more. Okay. To see if it would go better. Oof. But yeah, I know. But then I think about exactly what you said, the commitment to train for a marathon. It's like a part-time job. It is. It truly, truly is. Uh, So that's probably unlikely in any kind of 
near term world in which you have three children. Right. But Thea loves to be in the stroller. So I think I could, I could run with her. We'll see uh, what new baby likes. Leith is less. So he, he's a little too busy to just chill out in the stroller, but she loves it. So that is something I think I would like to do and maybe not necessarily think about training for now, but incorporating to your point, just getting outside. We're about to move. Well, not about to. Yeah. Uh, we, we did one move. Yeah. Uh, now we'll in six ish months, we'll do the other part. So yeah, I, I think I'd like to, we'll see. We'll see what this old body can do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I might have another half marathon in me. I do not think I have another full. I just, I don't think I'm made that way. <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I really don't. And life is too short to do something I don't want to for five hours. Yeah. That's plus all my training. Also, something that we noticed, guys, is that we're running low on our list. We still have a couple listener suggestions, a couple of our ideas. So we want to continue to encourage people to send in episode ideas. You can email us at tinwadampod at gmail.com. Or follow us on Instagram at tinwadam underscore podcast. You can email us, DM us, whatever, with your with your episode ideas. Because we want to talk about what you want to hear us talk about. Yeah, but we've got a couple more episodes in the hopper. That's right. And then, like Andrea mentioned, we are going to take a brief hiatus. I will be, you know, birthing this human. And so just need a little bit of, a little bit of time. Just a tiny, tiny break. Yeah. But we'll come back in, I think, April. Yeah, we're aiming to release the first uh, episode of season two around when we started this year. Well, a little bit. I'll run anything with you. You too. Well, all right. For the most part. (laughs) That's true. Within reason. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.